chapter 1, verse number 11. For along the city that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift, to the end you may be established. Thank you. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. I long to see that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift to the end, or in other words, this is the goal, this is the purpose, that you may be established. More on this in a moment, but I want, you, I want quickly to point out the fact that they were not first established and then imparted the spiritual gifts. Many today have the notion that you have to be super spiritual first before you're given gifts from the Spirit by which to operate. But that is a misconception, for it is a gift. It is not merited. It is not earned. It is given so that we can be established. Amen. But so notice, first of all, it says that I may impart unto you. That word impart means to share. And it also means to give over to. So it's a twofold meaning. It is to share and it is to give over to. Uh, that is the, the, the Greek 
definition. If you looked up the word in part in the Webster's Dictionary, it it also implies to communicate something to. That is to give knowledge or to share wisdom, to impart. Um, This capsulizes what the ministry of the Word is designed to do. To equip the saints. And it is the process of both sharing and giving that accomplishes this objective. That is the working together so that later we can work independently as God sends us out. But it cannot go that direction till it first happens here together. Somebody say amen. Think of, for example, the marriage of a lit candle and an unlit candle. At first, they remain together until the unlit candle is caught on fire. Then it can pull away and remain lit. And thereby, it is the same fire with an individual assignment. And so today, my message is simply caught on fire caught on fire did you know and do you realize that the reason god has us to assemble together is so that the ministering of the word of god would ignite our flame while we're here so that when we go out we will carry that light into a lost and dying world. That is, God wants to impart to you some spiritual gift today whereby your ministry may be established as you go into the mission field. And when the church loses sight of that, the church begins to die. And so many times we're inward focused and we only are interested in what we can keep in-house and what we can do in the building. But God set our souls on fire today that we might go out with the same flame that we come in and get lit up with this morning. Can I get an amen, church? I don't know about you, but I'm not interested in church as usual. I mean, I am sick and tired of dead, cold, dry religion that don't crank nobody's fire, that don't get nobody going, amen. Uh, and they ain't no wonder our children are more interested in ball games uh, and they're more interested in television and they're more interested in YouTube than they are the house of God because we can get excited and we can get fired up about everything. Some of you get more fired up about a sale at Walmart than you do the blood of Jesus Christ. God forgive us as a church and help us to impart unto you something that will light your fire and get you on fire for God. Amen. God wants to impart this to us. Think about the Scripture, for example, where the Bible said the Spirit of God. You remember the day of Pentecost. And yes, it's in the Bible, so we're going to preach on it. Amen. Where the the Bible said that the, the Spirit of God descended upon them uh, as like a cloven tongues of fire. And I've studied that and I've looked at that and it dawned on me one day, the word cloven means split. Amen. Uh, that is divided. Not divided in the sense of division in the church, but 
uh, uh, divided in the fact of it was one fire, but then it was put on several individuals so that they can all go out from the same fire, which is the fire of the Spirit of God, but individually represent Him to their world and their sphere of influence. That is, God wants the fire of the Holy Spirit at work in every believer to set your tongue on fire for Jesus. A Spirit-filled believer will speak up boldly for Jesus Christ. If you want to know what the evidence of being filled with the Spirit is, it is that you will share your faith with others. Amen. That's it. I mean, God gives us the Spirit of God by which He can equip us to communicate the gospel to our people. Amen. And if there is a language barrier, guess what? God's bigger than that too. But I'm telling you, God wants to set our tongues on fire that we might speak not in a language nobody can understand, but in a language they can clearly understand that Jesus Christ is the only hope for all of mankind. Get it? Can I get an amen this morning? God wants to set you on fire. God wants to use you mightily. And I want the young people especially to hear me and to hear me well. Our generation and your generation may not survive without you getting caught on fire for God. I mean, you need to look at it. If you're under the sound of my voice, it's not an accident and it's not a coincidence. God is looking for a man. God is looking for a woman. God is looking for a boy or a girl that will sell out to Jesus uh, and then give their all to God uh, and, and, and decide, uh, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. And though the world forsake me, I still will follow. And though none go with me. I still will follow. That's what God wants of you as a total surrender to the Lordship and the leadership of the Holy Spirit of God in your life. Amen, church. We need to surrender to Jesus. We need to surrender to God's will. After all, this generation has been lied to and they have forgotten or they don't even know that they were created by Jesus Christ, the very one this world rejects some say jesus was just another prophet some say jesus was just a good man but i beg to differ jesus christ was god almighty robed in flesh who dwelt among us for the bible said in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the Word was God. And then it said the Word, the same Word, capital W, because that's one of His names, uh, dwelt among us. Who is that? Uh, it's Jesus Christ. And it said by Him were all things created that were made. Uh, amen. Uh, and by Him all things consist. So the very one the devil's trying to get you to run as far away from as you can uh, is the one that created you, the one that designed you for a purpose. Uh, and the only way you're going to live a purpose-filled life is to get hooked up to your Creator and find out why He put you here. Amen. 
And I'm praying that the good Holy Spirit of God through this Word will set you on fire for Jesus. And this will be your turning point today that you'll decide not anymore will I live for myself. Not anymore will I bow to the pressures of culture and society. But today I will follow Jesus because He's the only one that is worthy of my allegiance, my admiration, and my worship and my praise. Somebody give Him some praise this morning. Amen. Oh, he wants you to get caught on fire. And uh, when he sets us on fire, we all then become messengers for Jesus under the direction of the Holy Spirit. God wants to eradicate closet Christianity from his churches today. God is not interested in participating in man-made religion that never does anything for anybody. Jesus came to capsize the boat of man-made religion. And if this kind of preaching offends you, I hate to tell you, but you would hate Jesus preaching too because I'm only repeating what I've heard Him say. Amen. I'm only telling you what Jesus would uh, did preach and what the Bible does declare. And so don't get mad at the mailman for delivering your mail. Amen. Uh, he didn't create your bills and it is not his responsibility to pay your bills. Uh, amen. He just delivers the mail and God uh, graces us uh, by sending us a fiery preacher that will tell us the truth whether we want to hear it or not uh, so that the fire will burn out the dross in our lives uh, and we will fall under Holy Ghost conviction and ask God to forgive us for our callousness, ask God to forgive us for our cold heartedness, for our lack of participation and activity and the things of God that God might set our souls on fire for him God help us today this impartation is done not only through communication but through lifestyle this is discipleship 101 and I've said it before and I'll probably say it a thousand times more if I live long enough to preach it that many times but you can't raise your children on this philosophy. Do as I say, not as I do. Mama and Daddy, Grandma and Grandpa, if you want your kids and grandkids to be on fire for God, it starts with you. They need to see an example. They don't need to hear another sermon. They need to see it lived out. Amen. Because if you're fake, they will discard whatever it is you're saying. They will identify as forgery, a fraud. They will call you a fraud. And if you don't believe me, study the statistics. It is an overwhelming percentage of kids that by the time they reach high, I mean, uh, uh, by the time they reach college age, they check out of church. I'm talking about evangelical children raised in evangelical churches. Uh, the majority of them decide uh, that they're going to check out and do their own thing and go the way of the world. And and I, I can't help but wonder if it's only because when they went to church, uh, there was no fire lit. Uh, when they went to church, there was no candle lit. There was no light. There was no heat uh, to burn out the troughs. There was no hot 
preaching uh, to call them to repentance. Uh, and so they came in cold and they left colder. They came in dark and they left even darker because the Bible says if the light that's in you be darkness, then how great is that darkness? But God turned the light on at Washington Heights Baptist Church. God set our souls on fire at Washington Heights Baptist Church so that our children will be saved and our grandchildren will be saved. And not only will they be saved, but they'll get on fire for God and decide that they're going to give their life and, and give their resources and give their treasures to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen, church. I'm telling you, we got to get real and we got to quit playing games and we got to surrender and finally tell the Lord all that we know we're supposed to be telling Him when we're confessing our sin. Who do we think we're kidding when we come before His presence and we talk about everything but that one sin that we won't let go of? Can I preach just a minute? Amen. I've had people come to the altar knowing, Brother Ron, they was under conviction. And when I bow down, I say, how can I help you pray? Well, my mother-in-law's lost. Well, so-and-so's sick. They're dodging the issue. They don't want to really tell me why they are in the altar. Amen. And sometimes I have to say, well, where do you stand with God? Amen. Because the Bible says, so then every one of us shall give an account of himself to the Lord. I mean, that day is coming. You do realize that, right? I mean, inevitably, you're going to face God. And there's no way to dodge it. There's no way to hide from it. There's no way to get around it. You cannot escape Him. The Bible says uh, that they'll look for a place to hide, but they won't find one. You cannot hide from the almighty hand of God. And I believe that God's calling some from our midst to rise up to give their life to Jesus and to get, dedicate their life to the service of the Lord. I believe God wants to raise up missionaries among us. I believe that God wants to raise up pastors among us. I believe that God wants to raise up soul winners among us. Oh, but God's going to have to light the flame and God's going to have to help us keep it going. Amen, church? We cannot let cold-heartedness rob the day in our lives. Now, the most epic part... <laughs> of this whole text uh, is the word gift that is it is un, an unmerited spiritual gift god don't just give us salvation but he gives us gifts that are unearned he gives us gifts of the spirit with which to serve he doesn't wait until we're perfect he ignites us so that we can be perfected in His image. Somebody say amen. That is, His gifts, listen, are not granted as trophies of spiritual accomplishment, but as tools by which to accomplish and overcome. Now, I need you to know that the reason you need the gift of the Spirit of God, and I realize that when you're saved, you have the Spirit within you. And that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about the overtaking of the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about not just being filled with, but I'm talking about being baptized in. To be filled is to cover the inside. To be baptized is to be covered 
Spirit on the outside uh, to be enveloped between uh, the Spirit of God. Everywhere you go, you bump into Him. Uh, every, everything you do, He gets involved with. I don't know about you, uh, but I need God's Spirit to jump out of me and jump onto some of you and some of the other people that I come into contact with uh, so that God can impart this to the next generation. You know what most churches are missing today? And I'm sad to tell this to you, and I know it sounds like I'm too critical sometimes. But we are in an apostate church age. And what's missing from most of our churches today is fire in the pulpit. We are missing it. And people come and they leave and they never get lit. Excuse the expression. Oh, I'm praying God will stir it. And here's, here's, here's what happens. We, we excuse it away with intellectual assent. And, and, and we decide that, well, that's just emotionalism. And we define it as emotionalism. Well, uh, he, 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 give him time. That preacher will simmer down after a while. Oh, I've been preaching since I was 18. I ain't slowed down yet, but that I give God glory for that. Amen. If anything, it's got hotter and it's got worse. <laughs> the longer I preach, the more I want to preach. And the harder I want to preach. Amen. No, I'm telling you, the fire that God puts in you is an all-consuming, never-ending fire. When we light ourselves with the fire of man-made religion, it fizzles out quick. That's why you can get somebody to volunteer for a day or two, but they won't commit for a year. Hello? You can get somebody to commit for part-time, but listen, like my, brother, my, my father-in-law says, God don't need no part-time help. Amen. God's not looking for part-time help. He's looking for committed individuals who will let God burn them up for Jesus. Because what is the glory of the candle? The glory of the candle is not in the wick and it's not in the wax. It's in the flame. Amen. And once that flame takes over, that candle dwindles away. And it's less of me and more of Him. And when I'm burnt up, praise God, hopefully before it burns out, I've imparted it to the next generation so that that flame lives on amen and i'm telling you some of you instead of getting critical and intellectual about it you just need to say sign me up i'm all in because if god's so big and so powerful that he can't stir your emotions it's not we that are the problem amen because listen to me a truth will stir your emotions it will and 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 emotions are not bad as long as you're not led by your emotions emotions are only bad when you're when you're led by them rather instead of instead of letting truth lead your emotions well, who's leading amen I, i've been in churches where uh they could shout the roof off the place but they're not one thing that was said that fed the soul not one thing that was said that stirred people's hearts to repent 
I'm not interested in that. I'm not interested in putting on a show. I beg God, God, help us never to be fake. Help us never to just put on and make a good show and put on a good show for people. That's not what this is about. And if we ever get that attitude, I pray God will strip us from every ability and every talent we've got till we get our focus back to where it belongs. It's not about what we do. It's about what He wants to do in our lives. Amen. Give God some glory and praise. Caught on fire. September the 9th of 1990. You know what lit my fire? Whoo! Jesus said, you're special. I heard about John 3.16, that God loved me as much as he loved anybody else. And if you'll read the scripture, you'll discover he loves you as much as he loves Jesus. That lights my fire. Because I know how unlovable I am. I know how what a wreck I am. I know what a mess I can be sometimes. How in the world would God, or why in the world would God love an old wretch like me? And if that don't light your fire, I don't know what will help you this morning. You need to get excited about the fact that God sent His Son to the old rugged cross to pay for your sins. And He took the punishment that you and I deserved. And He took the very wrath of God on the cross so that if we would accept Him by faith with a repentant heart, that our sins would be washed away and that we would be filled with and guided by His Spirit and given purpose and being reunited with our very Creator God. If that can't crank your fire, I don't know what can. Oh, God, help us this morning to get on fire for Jesus. And yet there's some. When's that preacher going to get over? we got a Lord's Supper to do. <laughs> Go ahead and say amen, church. I want to get past this rushed frenzy that we're in. When we get to the house of God, He has a word for us. And we can't rush the Almighty. We've got a reverence and respect. Let me ask you something. If Jesus Christ were in our midst physically, would we not give Him all the time that He wanted? What's the difference? He is in the house. This wire gets pulled down is what it is. Amen. He won't set our souls on fire for him. Now, let me read you the scripture in closing that I want to direct your attention to. Second Chronicles chapter thirty-four. And if you're a teenager or a young person, especially, but anybody who the Lord is dealing with, I want you to pay attention to this. But look at what God can do. Listen, with a teenager that has been caught on fire for Jesus. A teenager. Watch this. <laughs> Second Chronicles chapter 34 and verse number 1. Josiah was eight years old when he began to reign. Wait a minute. I thought you said a teenager. It started earlier than that. <laughs> Somebody been teaching Josiah about the ways of the Lord. Because keep watching. And he reigned in Jerusalem one in thirty years. He must have had a pretty good reign. 
And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord and walked in the ways of David his father and declined neither to the right hand nor to the left. That is, he stayed on his mission to serve and please God. Verse 3, for in the eighth year of his reign, 8 plus 8 is 16. Now he's 16 years old. In the eighth year of his reign, while he was yet young, he began to seek after the God of David, his father. Amen. And in the twelfth year, he began to purge Judah and Jerusalem from the high places and the groves and the carved images and the molten images. And they break down the altars of Balaam in his presence. That, that's that, uh, that's that false prosperity gospel where you can pay a preacher to say whatever you want him to say uh, and the images uh, that were on high above them he cut down uh, and the groves and the carved images and the molten images he break in pieces and made dust of them and strode it upon the graves of them uh, that had sacrificed unto them uh, muddy I tell you what that's pretty radical don't you think uh, verse 5 and he burnt the bones of the priest upon their altars and you think I'm hard on false prophets. Amen. Uh, at least I don't dig up their bones and set them on fire. Amen. Uh, but look at this fire of God burning in this young uh, king uh, so hot uh, that he's burning the bones of dead dry religion. Can I get an amen this morning? Uh, and would to God he would send us some preachers uh, with some fire that will burn out the bones uh, of dead dry religion again in America today. Uh, and uh, whew, and he cleansed Judah and Jerusalem and so did he in the cities of Manasseh. He wasn't just happy with his hometown. He had to branch out. Amen. There's your mission field right there. Uh, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, uttermost parts of the earth. Amen. Oh, glory to God. Look at verse 7. And when he had broken down the altars and the groves and had beaten the graven images into powder and cut down all the idols, not just some of them, but every last one of them, Throughout all the land of Israel, he returned to Jerusalem. So he wasn't even at home doing his work. He was out and abroad. He was loud and proud. He was boisterous and noisy. And he meant to, for people to notice what he was on a mission to do. And so many Christians hide and they dodge and they're bashful and they're sheepish about. They might barely say, could you come to church? And then they're off. Amen. But they won't say, repent or you shall all likewise perish. They won't say uh, that you must be born again. Uh, they won't tell people what they need to hear. Uh, and God's wanting somebody with some boldness. Uh, now in the 18th year of his reign, uh, when he had purged the land and the house, he sent Shaphan the son of Azalea and Messiah, the governor of the city. It done got broke out into politics too. Amen. When God really sets somebody on fire, it won't just affect the, the, the house of God. It will affect the house of Congress. It will affect the White House. Amen. It will affect our governors. And I'm praying God sends a fire that will shake our nation to its core again that will bring us back to our knees and praying to God Almighty set our souls afire oh God I pray whoo I done lost my place Jonah the son of Joaz the recorder 
Somebody's making record of all this. Amen. I'm glad they did. To repair the house of the Lord his God. He said, I ain't finished yet. Uh, we done went around and we done preached to the politicians. We done burned up the, the old bones of the false prophets. Uh, but now judgment must first begin uh, at the house of God. So now let's go to working on the broken and the, uh, the brokenness of the church house. Amen. And when they came to Hilkiah the high priest, uh, they delivered the money that was brought into the house of God. Uh, so offerings are definitely biblical. Uh, which the Levites that kept the doors had gathered of the hand of Manasseh and Ephraim and of all the remnant of Israel and of all Judah and Benjamin. And they returned to Jerusalem. Listen. And they put it in the hand of the workmen that had the oversight of the house of the Lord. I've got to ask this question. Where are the young people rising up to commit to being the oversight of the house of the Lord. I've got news for you. This generation that's gone ahead of us is not going to be here forever. And they're trying their best. They're holding the light. And they're holding the candle feeble as they may be. And as weak as they may get. They're holding it with every last breath of their being. Praying. Hoping that somebody will come along and let Jesus set that fire in them so they can commit their heart and their life to the work of the Lord. I'm telling you, it's time that we begin to value the treasure that's found at the house of God. I know we have technology and I know people say, well, you don't have to be in church to have church and we got all this uh, doctrines of devils that keep us from congregating in the name of the Lord. And yes, right, that's exactly what it is because the Bible says forsake not the assembling of yourself together as the manner of some is. Amen. But so much the more as you see the day approaching. In other words, the closer we get to Jesus, the more we ought to meet. Now that's the book. Hebrews chapter 10. Read it for yourself. It'll say it every time you read it. Hey, don't change. And somehow we have, we have forsaken and neglected the house of God and we have built our own houses and we have built our own legacies. We have built our own careers and we have built our own lives and our houses flourish while the house of God is crippling along. While the house of God can barely keep the lights on. While the house of God barely has a flicker anymore. I'm saying to you this morning, it's time to have a revival of the appreciation of God's purpose for the local church in your life directly. Amen. Let me tell you something. God designed it so that when you come to church, your cup could be filled to overflowing. That whenever you come in empty, you'll leave stirred and you'll leave excited and you'll leave on fire for God. I don't know about you, but I I need every little bit of ounce. I need every shot in the arm I can get. Amen. I I need every booster I can get. And I need God to set our souls on fire today because there's a generation coming on that needs to understand the significance, the importance, and, and the biblical requirement of keeping up the house of the Lord. Amen. Woo! I was worried that I didn't have an outline. (laughs) and they put it in the hand of the workmen thank god they were workers 
they had the oversight and they gave it to the workmen that wrought in the house of the Lord to repair and amend the house. Oh, we need some amending and we need some repair work. And I'm not talking about the leaky ceilings, though there is a need in that department. Uh, but I'm talking about the leaky souls uh, where we come in and we get stirred just enough uh, to get us home. But after our lunch on Sunday, we done forgot what, what manner of man we would be held ourselves to be in the face of God's Word. But God sends such a fire that we can never run away from what it is that God's trying to do in our lives. Whoo! Mm. And the men did the work faithfully. Good God Almighty, this is full of preaching. Amen. Uh, did you hear that word? Faithfully. You know what faithfulness is? Amen. That's predictable commitment. Amen. The Bible says uh, uh, confidence in an unfaithful man in time of trouble is like a broken tooth and a foot out of joint. Have you ever trusted somebody that couldn't be trusted to get something done? Amen. You might have done it once, but you learned your lesson, didn't you? And and, and it's, it, it burdens my heart, Brother Art, that there's pastor after pastor after pastor that's crumbling under the pressure of the ministry because they don't have anybody that will actually commit for the long haul to the work of the Lord. They'll volunteer on a temporary part-time basis, but then you can't find them for six months. God, give us some faithful people again. God, give us some people that are committed to the cause of Christ. God, set our souls on fire today. Whoo! Mm. <laughs> Verse thirteen. Glory to God. And they were over the bearers of burdens, and were overseers of all that wrought in the work in any manner of service. They wasn't a service they would turn down. I thank God for some of you. You'll do anything and everything and go above and beyond the call of duty. I salute you. I thank God for you. And I pray that God will enable you to impart that, whatever you got, to the next generation. That is to share it. That is like that candle. Get up close to the one that's not lit long enough for it to light fire so that they can go out on fire. <laughs> Woo, ain't this good stuff? Hilkiah answered, verse 15, said to Shaphan the scribe, I have found the book of the law in the house of the Lord. Good God Almighty. How long did they go without the Word of God? In the house of the Lord. He had to find it. You know a lot of churches are doing today, can I just preach a minute? We don't need that. Let me entertain you today. And you can't find a Bible if you if you've sent a search a, a CNI dog or something. I mean, what am I trying to say? Uh, 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 an FBI agent. Amen. You can't find it. And here they went and they found the Word of God in the place it was supposed to be out in the open the whole time. How many churches do you have to visit before you find the Word of God in the pulpit today? 
Amen. How many preachers do you have to hear before you finally get one uh, that God the Holy Ghost has set on fire uh, that will, uh, amen, stir you and, and mobilize you uh, and call you to action. Amen. Uh, I thank God for every God-called preacher He put in my life. Uh, you see, the reason I'm like I am uh, is because I was raised up under this kind of preaching. Uh, and I got close enough to it for it to catch me on fire. Amen. Uh, and I learned to appreciate it and to value it. Uh, and I've prayed that God would enable me to impart this fire in me to the next generation. God, don't let me die without influencing the next generation. God, don't let me die till I can see some successors following in my footsteps. Amen. And I want every teenager to know in this building today, I'm after you. Amen. I'm coming after you. Amen. I'm going to pray on you. I'm going to believe God for you. And you may ignore my text messages and you may not respond to them. But I'm going to send them to you anyway because I love you. And one day sooner or later that fire is going to catch you. And you're going to show up one day and say, God, been working on my heart. God wants me to volunteer. God wants me to help. And some of you, you don't know it yet, but you are the leaders of this church of tomorrow. And you don't know it yet, but one day uh, this kind of preaching that makes you a little nervous, uh, God's going to set you up and prop you up in the pulpit. Uh, and you're going to get to acting like this. Amen. Uh, and you're going to learn uh, this is what this generation has needed for a very, very long time. Whoo! Mm. Let me find my Bible. <laughs> uh, would you say it was ironic or providential that I forgot my Bible this morning? There's no accidents with God. Amen. I've got these little Bibles in every device. Amen. I could preach off my iPad. But I'm not really preaching from a screen or even from paper. I'm preaching what God's put right here. Ooh, i got to unplug somewhere. Where was that? <laughs> Let me finish this. Mm, verse 14. Hold on. Where's, where's the verse at? Verse 15, they found the book. Yeah, verse 16, Shapham carried the book to the king. <laughs> mm. Sometimes I wish I could have audience with the kings of this earth. Let's say, let me tell you something, sir or madam. One day every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. And brought the king word back again, saying, All that was committed to thy servants, they do it. They have gathered together the money that was found in the house. Look at this, a functioning church. Amen. And have delivered it into the hands of the overseers and to the hand of the workmen that Stephen the scribe, then Stephen the scribe told the king, saying, Hilkiah the priest hath given me a book. And Shaphan read it before the king. And it came to pass when the king had heard the words of the law, that he rent his clothes, and the king commanded Hilkiah and Hiakim, the son of Shaphan and Abdomen, I know I'm slaughtering these words, the son of Micah and Stephan, I guess, the scribe, and Isaiah, the servant of the kings, saying, Go inquire of the Lord for me and for them that are left in Israel and in Judah concerning the words of the book that is found. For great is the wrath of the Lord that is poured out upon us because our fathers have not kept 
the Word of the Lord. And I'm telling you, that's why we're in the mess we're in today. It's because our fathers have not kept the law of the Lord. But God send us some kings. God send us some governors. God send us some politicians and Republicans and Democrats that will repent of their old wicked ways, get their nose in this Bible, and begin to beg God to remember mercy and grace in a time of wrath today. He said, do after all that is written in this book. He said, the only way we're going to stop the bleeding fellas is if we get right with God. And I got news for this generation. The only way you're going to stop this bleeding, uh, amen, in your life and in this culture and in this country is whenever you start obeying the Word of God again. Amen. Uh, there are no alternatives. Uh, you can have all the physicians in the world, but you'll still be sick. Amen. You can have all the psychologists and all the psychiatrists in the world, but you'll still be confused and have no peace of mind. Uh, amen. You can have all the bankers in the world, uh, but still be empty in your soul. Uh, God, help us to get back to His Word today. Amen. And Stephan carried the book to the king and brought the king word back again, saying, All that was committed to thy servant, they did it. I done got lost again. Amen. Miss Bonnie, what verse am I on? <laughs> you lost to verse 18, maybe. 18. Then Stephan the scribe told the king, saying, uh, Hilkiah the priest hath given me a book. Uh, let's see. Amy, you might have kept up with me. I don't know. 22, thank you. I don't need to read them all over again, do I? Amen. Uh, Hilkiah, they, uh, let's see, and they that the king had appointed went to Huldah, the prophetess, the wife of Shalem, the son of Tikvath, the son of Harsa, keeper of the wardrobe. Now she dwelt in Jerusalem in the college. And God help us, we need the gospel to hit our colleges. Amen. And they spake to her to that effect. And she answered them, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Tell ye the man that sent you to me, Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will bring evil upon this place and upon the inhabitants thereof, even all the curses. I ain't going to read the whole chapter, but follow me. The curses that are written in the book, which they have read before the king of Judah, because they have forsaken Taken men have burned incense unto other gods uh, that they might provoke me to anger with all the works of their hands. Uh, therefore, my wrath shall be poured out upon this place uh, and shall not be quenched. Uh, and as for the king of Judah who sent you to inquire of the Lord, so shall you say unto him, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel concerning the words which thou hast heard, because thine heart was tender and thou didst humble thyself before God when thou hurtst his words against this place uh, and against the inhabitants thereof and humblest thyself before me and didst rent thy clothes and weep before me I have even heard thee also saith the Lord behold I will gather thee to thy fathers and thou shalt be gathered to thy grave in peace neither shall thine eyes see all the evil that I will bring upon this place and upon the inhabitants of the same so they brought the king word again Right there, and suffice it to say this, uh, I know that the vows of the wrath of Almighty God, I believe, are being poured out on the nations of the earth right now for all of their rejection of Almighty God. Uh, but there's a place where you can find safety and shelter from the wrath of God, uh, even in the midst of these apostate days that we're in. Amen. Uh, and if you will respond like the king did and humble yourself before God uh, and weep, amen, uh, and seek for a place of repentance, 
repentance, uh, you won't have to bear the same judgment and the same penalty that others will have to bear. Amen. Uh, but I'm telling you today, uh, the house of God needs to get back to a place uh, where when they come, uh, they're coming not, uh, amen, to be entertained, uh, and they're not coming just out of obligation or duty or routine, uh, but they're coming to be set on fire for from God Almighty. Can I get an amen? amen. 